welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, with over 80% of beef farmers using stock bulls, I'm joined by Chagas Dry Stock Advisor David Argue to discuss top tips when selecting a new stock bull. I first ask David, what is the first thing a farmer needs to consider before buying a new bull? So the first thing I would say any farmer should consider before even looking at a stock bull is to examine his herd of cows and figure out exactly what he wants to breed from that herd of cows and what genetic traits they are lacking and what he's trying to improve on. So knowing the system of production that the farmer in the farmer's in is important um, in selecting a bull. Um, so we'd say selecting a bull to breed replacement heifers would be very different to the bull that you'd be selecting to breed beef cattle. So like if a farmer wants to breed replacement heifers and he's looking to improve milk and fertility in his herd, then he's obviously going to select a very maternal bred bull with good figures to match to what he's looking for. Nonetheless, if he's looking to breed weanlings or breed cattle for the, for, to bring through to slaughter, he's obviously going to select a bull with a very um, high terminal index, we'll say with good carcass weight and carcass confirmation traits, et cetera. Um, and then I suppose if there's a farmer and he's a part-time farmer and he's not around during the day to calve cows, then he's going to be looking at, we say, calving difficulty and making sure he's buying a bull with low calving difficulty to lead to less calving problems. So I suppose each herd will differ in terms of what they require from the herd of cows and from what they require from the bull. Yeah, some great points there, David. I heard a farmer say recently that you're always trying to buy a stock bull better than your last, but it's not really an easy task. What advice have you for farmers to achieve it? Yeah, so look, at I suppose um, where a previous or a current stock bull has been weak in a certain area, you know, for example, maybe carcass weight or carcass conformation or even dart or milk, and the farmer feels that this is an area that he needs to improve on within his herd, then I suppose selecting a bull um, with strong traits in these areas can make all the difference. And I suppose it's important to keep in mind as well that um, breeding the, the, the breeding of any individual bull should be taken into consideration. As you know, bulls from different bloodlines within breeds can vary hugely when it comes to these individual traits. You know, for example, there within certain breeds, there has been bulls that have produced excellent females with very good milking ability. And within that same breed, um, there's been females with very poor milking ability, similar to carcass, carcass weight and carcass conformation as well, Catherine. You mentioned a good few traits there, David. How reliable are these figures? Yeah, so look, when selecting AI bulls, um, the figures are usually quite accurate. And that's due to the data being fed back into ICBF from other herds over the country using the same pool of genetics. Um, so when selecting a bull to serve heifers, you know, obviously it's important to make sure he's easy calving and knowing the bull's reliability percentage is important in this case, you know. So the higher the reliability percentage, uh, the more data has been has been received on that bull. So knowing this should allow the farmer make a decision in assuming that the bull is easy calving or not. And again, I suppose the figures are only as good as the farmer is recording them. We'll say the higher the reliability, the lower the risk. The lower the reliability, the higher the risk. And I suppose in terms of the BDGP, any bull that has been genomically tested in the past, his reliability will automatically be higher because of the data being fed back into ICBF. In addition to the traits you mentioned, David, in relation to the visual assessment, what do farmers need to look out for when carrying out a visual assessment? Yeah, so look at Catherine, I'd always urge farmers to stand back and have a general look at the bull first. And if that bull, if his appearance doesn't automatically please you, I would say not to buy that bull because there'll always be that bit of doubt in the back of your mind um, that, that, that he, not, he didn't please you the first time you looked at him. In saying that, if your first impressions of the bull do satisfy you, 
then you need to look into a couple of different areas uh, uh, closer. Um, firstly, I would always say, um, look at the bull's testicles. If he doesn't have a good set of testicles to produce semen, then there may be fertility issues later down the line. And I suppose testicles are sometimes measured in pre-sale inspections. So usually there's no need to worry about this in a sale yard. But if you're going privately, privately to look at a bull, then it's important to, to have a check and make sure his testicles are, are a decent size. I then, um, then move to the bull's feet and legs. You know, make sure that there's no overgrowing toes um, or no major clipping has been carried out on the bull's feet just to have them looking good for the sale or have, have them looking good for, 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 for an inspection on, on, on the farm. Um, it's important then as well to make sure the bull is very functional and he has good movement on his legs and feet. Do you know, he's going to have to be very correct um, on his legs and feet if he's to follow cows around for a full season serving them. Avoid, avoid, you know, buying a bull that's sickly on his hind legs. And when I say sickly, I mean, you know, his hind legs is tucked in under him. You know, there's an old saying there, a leg in every corner, and that's important to, to, to keep an eye out for that. Try and buy a bull as long as possible. You know, longer animals tend to wear that wee bit better, so they do. But keeping in mind a good level top line at the same time. Um, look at a well-muscled bull, you know, with, with, with good hind quarters is usually, will usually produce calves to be quite muscular. So if that is what the farmer requires, or that's the market he's aiming to produce calves for, look, at that's, that's going to be the type of bull for him. Try and buy a bull as well with a nice small head and smooth shoulders. You know, um, this will lead to less calving problems down the line as well. So it will, you know, if you've no, you know, no um, big head or big shoulders coming at, at calving time. Um, again, look at uh, uh, try and avoid buying a bull where he's overfed or he's carrying an awful lot of condition. You know, let a bull out with cows, and he can lose an awful lot of condition very quickly. And you know, the bull could disappoint you. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, with the amount of condition he's after losing. Plus, overfed bulls, you know, sometimes they're more prone to having feet problems and leg problems later on in life. And look at that, like one final thing, like when, when you're buying a bull, like a bull should look like a bull and he should stand out in a field of cows, so he should. Some key points there, David, for farmers to use when doing a visual assessment. What tips have you when it comes to actually buying the bull? So ideally buy from a disease-free herd, if at all possible, Catherine. Um, look, it's not often that the we say that the disease status of the herd that the bull is coming from is displayed in a sales yard or not. But look, at most breeders tend not to mind farmers going up and asking them, look, at what is the disease status of your herd? And they'll quite happily tell you. Like knowing, um, knowing this information, like it'll give a farmer a peace of mind, knowing that he's bought a bull in from a clean herd and he's, you know, he's not going to risk bringing any disease to his own herd. Again, look, at trying to buy a bull that's fertility tested, you know, Many farmers, you know, have bought infertile bulls in the past and it has led to cows not going in calf and it has led to other problems like calving patterns slipping and, and things like that. So knowing the bull is fertile when you buy them, it helps take the risk out of wondering if the bull is going to impregnate cows or not. But again, look, at situations can change and bulls can go from fertile to subfertile, even to infertile. So don't always solely rely on that fertility test. So it's important, you know, monitor the cows being mounted, monitor them being served, and keep records of dates and watch out for repeats three weeks later. Yeah, I suppose keeping records will be essential. And any farmer that's in the business of selling stock bulls will often comment that the repeat business from farmers coming back to buy a new stock bull years later. What knowledge can farmers have of these bulls before actually going to view them? Yeah, so look, there's an ICBF. There's a tool there available in ICBF where we'll say a farmer can type in a bull's uh, tag number and the whole information in relation to that bull will be displayed. So his, his we'll say his Eurostar index, his pedigree, etc. 
So we'll say if a farmer's going to visit um, a breeder, he knows he has a couple of bulls to sell, he can phone ahead before he goes and views the bulls, gets the tag number of those animals, type them into ICBF, and it'll give him a bit of time to look up the different criteria he's looking for and look up the different pedigree of those bulls. Um, you know, it'll also give him a bit of time to study the figures and help him make a decision when it comes to actually looking at the bulls. I suppose then if a farmer, you know, if he has a preference to a certain bloodline within a, within a breed, he can also use the ICBF um, active bull list where he can, you know, go into ICBF, um, search on the, on the active bull list and search bulls in his region or further afield and, and show what is available to him there. That's great, David. And for farmers that are actually going to a bull seal, what should they do? Yeah, so look, as I mentioned earlier on, Catherine, you know, buy the bull um, based on what you're looking to breed. Um, if you have a preference to a pedigree um, or the way a bull is, is, is bred, then look, have a look through the catalogue and narrow it down to a, to a small um, list of bulls. Um, make a list of them and view them accordingly to how you have them ranked in the catalogue. Joe, you know, when you get to the sale, and you view the bulls in the pens, ask the breeder, take him out, walk him up and down the aisle, have a look at his feet, his legs, his docility, and, and, and that could help make your decision. Usually, like there's a sale, um, usually there's other sorry, usually there's a show before the sale where the breeders take the bulls out, walk them around a ring, and this is a great time for the farmer to, you know, have a look at the bulls. He may see him in the pen and like him, but when he's out and he's walking around and he sees him moving, he may not like him. You know. And, and, and the opposite of that, he may miss a bull from the catalogue or from viewing around, looking around the pens. And when he sees him out in the show ring, he may really like him. And again, like I'd always say, only ever buy a bull if you're 100% happy with him and you believe he's going to make a big difference in your herd. And just, I suppose, with going to sales this year, Catherine, you know, with the, with the COVID restrictions, you know, follow the BART protocols and it should be possible to order um, catalogues uh, in advance of the sale. So if you contact the MARTs, I'm sure they could um, accommodate you with, with that. Most definitely, David. And then when a farmer is successful in purchasing the stock bull, what do they need to do in relation to care of the new purchase bull? Yeah, so look, when the bull comes home, I suppose he's at his most vulnerable, so he is. Um, he's entering into a new herd of cows or a new herd of cattle where, you know, he could be a potential risk of, of, of being exposed to new disease um, I suppose vaccinating the bull with whatever the vaccines are being carried out on the farm. Um, look, it's a good idea as well to ask the previous owner of the bull, you know, what meal is this bull on? What brand of meal is he on? How much is he getting? And maintain that bull at that level of feeding for a couple of days after he comes home and slowly over, you know, a couple of weeks or a three or four week period, slowly reduce that bull down to just a couple of kilos a meal. That'd be one or two kilos a meal before letting them off with cows. Again, before the main breeding season starts, if you see a cow or two in heat, Look, let the bull out to them. First of all, I suppose, to make sure that he is interested in the cows and to make sure he's fit to mount the cow and fit to serve the cow. And once you're happy and you see him mounting and serving the cow, you know, he's, he's good to go off the main group then, so he is. And I suppose it's important as well to monitor that bull throughout the whole season. You know, record cows that have been served and keep an eye out, keep an eye out for repeats three weeks later. You know, the last thing you want, and we hear these stories of, you know, farmers scanning their cows later on in the year, and only a handful of cows and calf. And look, that's, that, that's, that's the last thing we want as well. So don't overuse the young bull as well in his first year, I suppose. Um, ideally, one cow for every month old the bull is. So if the bull is 18 or 20 months old, 18 or 20 cows is ideal for him in the first year. I suppose in terms of a part-time farmer 
where he's not around during the day and he's not, you know, fit to go out and, and, and view the cows or see what's been what's been bulling. Look, there's options there for him, the likes of a chin ball harness or scratch cards on the cows where he can go back that evening or the next morning and see what cows have been marked, what cows have been mounted, and he's you know fit to keep an eye that the bull is, is, is doing what he's supposed to do. And obviously, David, it goes without saying that there's no such thing as a quite bull. Yeah, look, at I suppose there's been a lot of farm accidents, injuries and deaths in Irish farms over the last couple of years, Catherine, surely, yeah. Um, look, at avoid being careless around the bull. There's no such thing as a quiet bull. No matter how quiet you, you, you think he is or how many times you can go to the field and scratch him or do whatever you want, you know, there's no such thing as a quiet bull. So, you know, they can turn on you at any time, so they can. Um, when buying a new bull and bringing him home, Look, put him in a pen with with, with a comrade, or, or put him in a pen beside a comrade to keep him quiet and keep him settled, and I suppose keep him keep him company. Um, you know, if a farmer's going out to herd his cows in the morning time, or or even or whenever whenever he's going out to herd them, you know, tell somebody that he's going out, have a mobile phone with him just in case of the worst. You know, um, for bulls, we'll say that's grazing in fields. There should be signs up warning people that there is a bull in the field. Um, look, it's important as well to have an escape plan in place. Let it be, you know, walking or keeping close to the fence or, or, or staying close to the tractor or jeep. And all bulls, Catherine, should, you know, they should have a, a, an O-ring in, 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 their, in their nose. That's great, David. Some great advice there in advance of the breeding season. No bother at all, Catherine. No problem. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to David for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie. Or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.